0: Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Marcellus, Senior Editor of McKnight's Long-Term Care News. Earlier this summer, McKnight's conducted our fourth annual mood of the market survey. Today, I'll be sharing some of the results with you. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by Kara Saletto, a workforce thought leader, president and chief retention officer of Magnet Culture. She's gonna help look at some of the trends driving the numbers and provide some insights for us. Kara works closely with nursing homes and other senior care providers and has spent much of the last few years trying to help organizations satisfy their employees and reduce turnover. Kara, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's start with salary. Uh, It's kind of always the the most interesting uh, component of this. In the two and a half years since the pandemic started, uh, we've seen nursing homes offer hero pay, sign-on and retention bonuses, and really just restructure their entire salary ladders to attract and retain workers. Improving salary still seems to be that knee-jerk reaction to a labor crisis, Uh, but our latest numbers found 53% of administrators and DONs think they're somewhat or very well paid for the work they do at an average. And that rises to 81.5%. So how people feel about their work is clearly about more than pay, right? How do you um, kind of categorize that 81.5%? Sure.
0: So, remember that this survey was administrators and DONs, and they were answering the question based on their own pay. Did they feel that their own pay was satisfactory um, or at least average with the market? And I tend to see a lot of the organizations across senior care they are keeping up with the top level pay positions. Um, where we've really been struggling on pay is much more on the front line and trying to compete against other organizations inside of healthcare and even outside of healthcare to be able to pay people what they're worth out in the market, which is causing a lot of the turnover. So it isn't surprising to me that the top leaders on our campuses do feel that they're that they're paid well enough, um, but I think more of the comp and benefits conversations are happening at that frontline worker level.
1: Okay, and we're gonna get into some details about uh, even if they're being paid well, some of the sense of maybe these Folks are still considering leaving in any case. So, really, I think job satisfaction and what drives it become very uh, an important part of this conversation. So, we hear that skilled nursing administrators and DONs find their jobs very personally meaningful. I think, particularly on the patient care side, this year, 96.5% said it was somewhat or very meaningful. Uh, That's down just a tiny bit from 98% last year. Is that all surprising to you? Um, You know, is finding meaning in the work enough to keep people Yeah,
0: good question to ask. Historically, we have been a profession that was full of people who felt called to serve. And so back to answer your earlier question as well, is it all about pay? Absolutely not. Um, And for many of the people who've been in this profession for a long time, for decades, they absolutely feel a calling or a sense of obligation um, and just connection to the mission which is great and fabulous and we should continue recruiting with that at the forefront and try to draw in those folks but unfortunately There are not as many people today that we find who are going to stay in a position that either doesn't pay them well enough or forces them to make sacrifices at home, for example, because they're working so many hours or they're on call so often that we absolutely cannot think that pay will just solve the problem or that even being mission driven and tying things into the meaning uh, the meaningfulness of their job that is not going to cut it long term we need to not only try to draw people in who are connected to that mission and find meaning in their work but that also we can be a great employer and that we can find ways to create a better place to work as far as satisfaction goes too even though satisfaction surveyed as fairly high on this year's survey, half of the people surveyed have considered leaving their jobs in the last three months. So if you think about when we surveyed these people, were they having a good day? And they said, yeah, in general, I'm pretty satisfied because I love what I do. I love the mission. The team is good that I have, you know, I'm pretty satisfied. And yet they've had so many bad things frustrating or difficult days over the past quarter, they've thought about leaving. <laughs> so we need to take that high satisfaction number with a grain of salt that they still are thinking about walking out the door because as meaningful as the job is, it's not meeting their needs uh, from a work-life balance standpoint or flexibility or the company culture and things like that. So What we're seeing uh, from the providers we talk to and the leaders of those teams, I'm telling you, they are hitting their breaking points. Their support systems are crumbling underneath them, um, you know, because they're just working too many hours and other people can't make up for that time anymore. Those sacrifices are far too great at this point um, headed into you know year three of of the difficulty caused by the pandemic and the great resignation and whatnot so a lot of people tell us that there there is satisfaction in the role but they're not at all satisfied with the operations of the business and and how the company's being run
1: so that brings us to another really useful data point i think these bad days may really be driven in some cases by just having too much to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nearly two thirds of our DON respondents told us they're asked to do too much work. So what's contributing to the additional workload uh, in addition to obviously not having as many people as they would like to have? Um, And again, how long can you expect those folks to to hang on facing those uh, conditions?
0: Sure. So one example of being asked to do more work is think about the recruiting capacity that a DON has. If a DON is considered a hiring manager on your team, which means they are involved in even the job postings, certainly the interviews, the selection process, and getting them onboarded and trained. Um, If you think about in past years, Maybe that was 10% of a DON's job or even 20% of a DON's job. Well, now I have DON's and administrators telling me that they're hiring four or five times as many people each month than they used to, which means that 10% of their job is now of their job, just as an example. And so where are they supposed to find that extra 30% of time when they were already busy before all this turnover happened? And now they're in even more interviews. They're having to do more onboarding and training and handholding and mentoring and whatnot. So we really have to think about what all we have added to these leaders' plates um, that was caused by turnover. All we're doing is piling more and more and more onto their plates, and what they tell me is, it is not sustainable. They just cannot keep operating at that uh, high level of productivity and, and still, you know, have any wits about them at the end of the day.
1: So obviously, our goal in conducting these surveys is not to just point out all of the bad news. We want to try and surface some solutions. So we do ask our respondents uh, to give us their top two ways to improve job satisfaction. Overwhelmingly, again, this year, they want more staff, which this year was the first option, followed closely by higher salaries. But other benefits are important, too. Uh, We had pretty high numbers for better health insurance, more time off, and also training. Some thoughts on that, the importance of each and and maybe any trends you see there.
0: Sure. So the leaders wanting more staff um, is absolutely something that we see at all levels of the organization. And I encourage organizational leaders at the corporate offices, the owners, the, the top leadership team to really take this desire or demand seriously. Yes, we're trying to fill all the open positions and yes, we're trying to increase salaries and pay as best we can to fight the inflation impact and whatnot. But if they are telling you (laughs) that they need more staff, it's not just to fill the open positions. So think a little broader about that. Are you by chance or have you in the last five years not replaced people who left? Have you asked any of your leaders to just absorb more responsibilities as people have walked away? Have you um, you know, inadvertently put more onto these leaders' plates? And some organizations, for example, used to have an assistant DON or an assistant administrator. And then when that person left, they didn't fill that role. Well, there's 40 hours a week potentially of a job that someone was doing that now other people are asked to take on that burden. So I do think that, it's great that we asked this question of, okay, leaders, tell us what would improve job satisfaction. And I hope that every organization is looking at this very seriously and saying, okay, okay, we hear you. And so now we're going to bring back that assistant DON position, or we're going to create some more recruiting support or even retention support. We are always telling companies that they need to add a retention director or retention regional leader. Leader or retention specialist, something like that, because these department leaders do not have time to be recruitment and retention experts on their team and, and to push forward every initiative they know they need to push forward. So definitely um, it's great that they told us right up front they want more staff. And I think it's more in that way. It isn't just fill the open vacancies, but it's really give us more support and more hands on deck moving forward. And then also the higher salaries, certainly everybody wants that. And I think right now that is primarily due to the inflation impact on our staff, that their groceries and gas and other things are so high right now. We're seeing people quit their job because the commute is just too far. And they can't afford that gas, for example. 51% of these respondents said we must have higher salaries to improve job satisfaction. And 53%, give or take, said that we must have more staff and more hands on deck in order to improve job satisfaction. So that, to me, was a a big wake-up call. But thank you for telling us exactly what you want from us
1: (laughs) in order to be a better place to work. Right. Um, I think the training item, it surprised me that that made it into the top five. And I think that ties in. uh, You and I had talked before about uh, the turnover and how that affects what has to be done on a daily basis. And so if your employees are better trained, if you are better trained in systems and management, um, there are a lot of ways that you can improve work efficiencies and get to some of these Uh, dissatisfaction causes. uh, You know, is that what you would assume with the training request as well?
0: Yeah. So there's two different types of training that a lot of the leaders are asking for. One is more, um, you know, better onboarding for folks and more compliance training and on the job, how to do the job type of training. And then there's the other component of leadership communication, more soft skills that are critical today, you know, what is your level of emotional intelligence, for example. And so I see a lot of the more, um, more forward thinking organizations, that's why they call us is because they have realized, wow, we cut training and development years ago. And now we have been promoting people up into positions of leadership, for example, oops, we didn't give them the tools they needed to be successful in that role. (laughs) We thought that just because they were next in line or they were good at their job, that they would be good at managing others. And so I think a lot of these folks feel like they've been put into these upper positions but they don't know how to deal with these generational differences. They don't know how to deal with someone who is going to quit if I correct their behavior, you know, or or give them some constructive criticism of how to do things differently. And they're just going to walk out on me. So now I'd rather not say anything to them because I can't afford for them to quit. <laughs> and then they feel like an inadequate manager of I don't even know how to deal with these Difficult situations I've been put in. And so I hear quite often a lot of the management is saying, boy, I wish that I got proper training for this or I wish that we had time. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. People. It's not that people don't have the budget for training right now it's that they don't have the time. To put people into training because they're sure. so short-staffed, so it's a little bit chicken or the egg kind of ironic that they don't have time for <laughs> for leadership
1: training because all their leaders are too busy, right? too busy doing other people's jobs in addition to their own. Right? <laughs> ding, ding, ding! Yes. <laughs> so, Kara, thank you for sharing your ideas and insights on on all of these findings. Uh, you can read more about the 2022 McKnight's Mood of the Market Survey, including data points on patient access census and the effects of inflation. And you'll be able to get additional insights from Kara and other HR experts in the articles at mcknights.com. So we want to thank everyone for listening today. And for McKnight's, I'm Kim Marcellus. Thank you for listening
0: to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit mcnights.com.